Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. This program is all about educating seniors and their caregivers, helping them make informed decisions. And it's a great place to listen and learn. And so many people consider Senior Care Live appointment radio, and I hope you will too. As always, if you have a question, you can visit online at SeniorCareLive, L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com, or call 1-800-331-6445. All right, we have an excellent program for you here today. We'd like to welcome back my friend and special guest, Mr. David Wiley. He's the president and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, and we have another guest in studio today, Sherry Ainsworth, a Kansas City Hospice Foundation board member and a KCH Solace House ambassador. And David and Sherry, welcome to Senior Care Live. It's good to be here today. Thank you. It's good to be here. All right. So, David, some of us may be familiar with National Nurses Week, and this is something that's very near and dear to my heart because uh, you may remember my wife is an RN. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so every year I get her a card and, you know, the whole thing. So, uh, she but, deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But uh, I understand that this is now recognized as National Nurses Month. It's a great idea. Uh, so can you start out by just telling us about the significance of this celebration? I'd love to, Steve. Uh, National Nurses Week is observed each year starting on May 6th and ending on May 12th, which is the birthday of Florence Nightingale, who was a trailblazing figure in nursing, and she greatly influenced 19th and 20th century policies around proper medical care. Many may be interested to know that Nightingale not only helped to professionalize nursing roles for women, but she established the first secular nursing school in the world and was a pioneer in statistics. Her mission to bring expert health care into people's homes continues today with home health care and hospice programs such as those that we carry out at Kansas City Hospice. In May of 2020, recognizing the heroic work of nurses during the pandemic, this week-long celebration was expanded to the entire month of May, and this celebration continues today. You know, it's a chance to highlight the dedication of nurses across the variety of settings in which they work. Nursing is the largest healthcare profession in the United States with more than 4.3 million registered nurses nationwide. I did not realize that. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that is. That is. Of course, we all know they work in hospitals, but health clinics, long-term care facilities, and in the case of Kansas City Hospice, frankly, wherever people call home. They provide home care and hospice and many specialized services such as pediatrics, neuroscience, public health, and mental health. This is promoted by the American Nurses Association. National Nurses Week encourages organizations across the country to celebrate and recognize the outstanding contribution of nurses that they make every day to healthcare. All right, no doubt about that. And I don't think there's anyone who can say that they haven't been touched by the work of a nurse and their contributions really do stretch across every single area of healthcare. Uh, is there more that you can share about the history of National Nurses Month? You know, it's, I think it's pretty interesting that um, the proposals to recognize nurses uh, dated all the way back to 1953, 
but were, really weren't successful until 1974 when President Nixon issued a proclamation to recognize a National Nurses Week. Then in 82, Congress and President Reagan designated May 6th to be the national recognition for um, the day for nurses, which formally recognizes the celebration. <clears throat> the American Nurses Association promoted the effort and later in 1990 expanded the event to a week-long celebration known as National Nurses Week. And then, like I mentioned before, this concludes on May 12th, which is the birthday of Florence Nightingale and what has been celebrated by the International Council of Nurses on International Nurses Day since 1965. So each year, the American Nurse Association, or the ANA, selects a theme celebrating the many aspects of nursing. And this year's theme is Nurses Make a Difference to honor the varying roles of nurses and their positive impact on our lives. Recognizing the toll pan the pandemic has taken on nurses' mental health, the ANA is using Nurses Month to talk about the importance of mental health for nurses and is sharing resources for self-care and personal wellness. This information and resources can be found at nursesmonth.org. You know, that's, that's really, that's a great idea. Uh, the profession of nursing is, uh, it can be pretty high stress. And so that, that's super important, I think. Absolutely. You can uh, see it. I think we witnessed it, you know, daily, frankly, on the TV during the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, we've been able to watch that firsthand. All right. And as you said, David, the impact of nursing to healthcare became even more apparent over this past year. So can you talk to us a little bit about the role nurses play in end of life care? Absolutely. First, I think it's important to understand that nurses are highly educated and skilled, but also multifaceted in their training and their experience. The rigor of nursing education contributes to a professional knowledge of physical, mental, and emotional components of health and skills in critical thinking and problem solving. Hospice and home care patients absolutely value the expertise that nurses can provide, as well as the nurse's ability to help them understand and navigate a complex medical system. For these reasons, nurses fill a critical case manager role at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, working closely with our team of physicians and other professionals to focus on the full spectrum of needs that the patients face when coping with a serious illness and end of life. Nurse case managers oversee the direction, the coordination, and all the support a patient's needs across all disciplines and services, including the services provided to the family members. They work closely with hospice team to decide what care and what resources are needed, develop a plan of care, and inform decisions about adjusting their care over time. Nurse case managers also determine what types of counseling, education, and care that family members need before, during, and after the patient's death. Wow, that that is tremendous. That that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. And in addition to case managers, are there other roles nurses fill uh, within that hospice uh, layer of care? You know, Steve, there are so many, and um, I'm so proud of our nurses. The, you know, when we talk about uh, case managers, so that would be home care nurses. Of course, we have nurses in the hospice house. We have nurse educators. We have advanced practice nurses. We also have nurses in our intake and information department. So when people call, we can answer questions. And of course, there's nurse managers, supervisors, and nurse directors. We have a, uh, another important role in our company, which is a quality nurse that helps oversee things. 
We also um, have admission nurses. Those are often the first live person that a family comes into contact with when they're coming on to hospice. They guide patients and families through the hospice initial assessment and the admissions process, and they play a key role in educating families about the end-of-life care. Our after-hours visit nurses can supplement the care provided by a nurse case manager that visits during the day. We have triaged nurses that are available 24-7 to receive calls um, in case of an emergency or can give education and advisement to a family member. This can happen on the phone or actually in telehealth. And one of the things that we're doing right now is our triage nurse can be with you live via telehealth hmm. while a separate nurse is on the way and can um, and stays on that phone or on the telehealth until that nurse arrives. So, you know, that's part of the... I think advancement of, of the pandemic, you know, forcing us to do things differently, and this is a, a terrific outcome. That's that's one of those benefits that we all uh, that we all recognize now. I think one one hundred percent people yep. are used to it, mm-hmm. um, and I'm very proud. We have more than 180 nurses that we employ, and that's just about 50 percent of our staff. 180. When you were going through all that, you're talking about all these different nurses and different roles. That's a tremendous amount of nursing support throughout the Kansas City Hospice organization. 100%. And it's um, important to in order to provide a high quality care. So... Excellent. All right. And and I know you do that for sure. So uh, in an impressive 20-year streak and counting, Americans have rated nurses as the number one most ethical and honest profession. And that's according to the most recent Gallup poll. Uh, why do you think that is, David? You know, I think nurses provide unmatched expertise when it comes to health care that they provide. You know, but what really makes a, a nurse unique is in any role, but clear, clearly in hospice, is their ability to build trusting relationships with patients and families. All of our caregivers become an intimate support to families at a significant time in their lives. But I hear over and over again from families who particularly felt that the support they received was very comforting from their nurses. The compassion and kindness that they show is really unmatched. And while the number one national ranking of nurses at the most ethical and honest profession is impressive, I think what's equally impressive are thousands of families right here in Kansas City Hospice who note their great satisfaction with the care that they receive from us. It's care that we um, really greatly depend upon, and I think it's always uh, impressive, and we're very grateful. Excellent, excellent. And just to... all these things that you're saying are just triggering all these thoughts. Uh, I, I once knew a, a nurse, she worked in the hospital, and then she went to a, a home a home health care mm-hmm. uh, setting, and she said, I wasn't expecting that. I thought this would be easier, but when you get out into that patient's home, you have to think for yourself. You don't have this big system of support behind you. I mean, you, it's available, but I mean, you're you're on an island out there, and you have to, you have to really know what you're doing in yeah. the home setting. 100% critical thinking skills is... Uh, it's so important, plus all of the expertise that they that they garner along the way in their education. All right. We're going to have more coming up next. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week. Which of these roles do nurse case managers fulfill in end-of-life care? A, navigate the health care system. B, develop a plan of care. C, coordinate with your physician and others on your care team. D, evaluate needed resources for family members, or E, all of the above. The answer coming up next. 
You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget, you can stream this program to any electronic device at SeniorCareLive.com and through the app Odyssey, and that's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Right back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. This is a multiple choice. Which of these roles do nurse case managers fulfill in end-of-life care? A, navigate the healthcare system. B, develop a plan of care. C, coordinate with your physician and others in your care team. D, evaluate needed resources for family members. Or E, all of the above. And the answer is... E, all of the above. And David, why is it all of the above? Because nurse case managers coordinate all aspects of -of end-of-life care and ensure communication across your care team with the patient and the family members. Nurses also have admission and visit roles in hospice and palliative care. All right. All right. Excellent. My guests in studio today, David Wiley and Sherry Ainsworth with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. If you'd like to reach out to the great folks at Kansas City Hospice, here's the phone number and the website. So 816-363-2600. That's 816-363-2600. You can also visit online at kchospice.org kchospice.org. And David, before the break, we discussed a lot of great information about recognizing the important roles nurses play in healthcare. And you shared the role of nursing in hospice, and that's just excellent. And May the 1st through May the 7th is National Children's Mental Health Awareness Week with the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. That's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Recognizing today, May the 7th, as Children's Mental Health Awareness Day. So I wanted to spend a little time talking about children's mental health today. And joining us is Sherry Ainsworth, longtime Kansas City Hospice volunteer, currently serving as a KCH Solace House Ambassador. And Sherry, more and more often, people are coming to see that caring for your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Uh, would Would you agree with that, just generally speaking? I would. It's an important point and something we're seeing more of a need for. Hospice and palliative care are about quality of life and comfort. To provide that, you must care for the whole person, which includes physical needs, but also spiritual, emotional, and mental health needs. For this reason, end-of-life care includes services provided by non-denominational chaplains, art, music, and other expressive therapists, licensed social workers, and grief support specialists. At Kansas City Hospice, the whole family is eligible to be included in this care, and children are no exception. And you know, when you when you think about hospice, you always think about the adults, of course, but 
it's kind of easy to forget about the kids. What about the children? I mean, it's a huge impact. They may not be able to comprehend all of this, and, and that could be really, really difficult. So is grief uh, actually considered a mental health need? Absolutely. Though in the U.S., we've had to come a long way for grief to be seen as a mental health need. Grief is universal, something we all have or will experience in our lifetimes. It accompanies one of life's most significant and challenging transitions, the death of a loved one. Often the death is someone who has had a significant presence in your life for a long time, whether it be as a parent, spouse, grandparent, or friend. Although grief is a common human experience, it hasn't been widely recognized as a mental health need, and as a result, there is a lack of experience among traditional mental health providers in providing specialized counseling for grief. Kansas City Hospice provides anticipatory grief support to hospice families, which precedes the expected death of a loved one and continues for a full year following the death. Our Solace House Community Center for Grief and Healing serves youth as young as age three and adults of all ages with individual and family counseling and peer support groups. Unlike those who receive Kansas City Hospice, hospice bereavement support, which typically follows an expected death due to a serious illness, these individuals and families have often experienced a sudden, unexpected death, accident, suicide, homicide, or illness, unexpected illness. Um, At Solace House, we have counselors who are trained to provide highly effective therapy to children who are struggling with concerning symptoms of grief. Timely support for these children and their families is really important to teaching them healthy, social, emotional coping skills and preventing grief from negatively affecting their health and well-being throughout their lifetime. And that's the part of, you know, children and just young people, they may not have the ability to process this stuff, and it, it could easily come out very negatively in very negative ways. So this is, a, this is fantastic. Uh, can you walk us through what the purpose of Children's Mental Health Awareness Week is, and why is this an important topic to talk about? Absolutely. May is National Mental Health Awareness Month, and Children's Mental Health Awareness Week is held every year during this first week of May. This week is dedicated to raising awareness about the importance of better mental health and emotional health for children. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration created this week of awareness more than a decade ago to shine a national spotlight on this topic and reinforce the message that positive mental health is essential to a child's healthy development. An important element of mental and emotional health is coping with grief and loss, which is something we will all experience at some point in our lives. Uh, Unfortunately, that, that is very true. So tell me more about how grief support plays a role in children's mental health. Childhood grief remains an often overlooked and misunderstood issue in our society, and yet statistics from the 2022 Childhood Bereavement Estimation Model tell us that 1 in 12 children in the U.S. will experience the death of a parent or a sibling by the age of 18. Hmm. Research conducted by the Center on the Developing Child at Harvard University shows that unaddressed grief and trauma in children can lead to poor mental health, developmental, behavioral, and academic outcomes over their lifetime. Timely interventions, such as that offered by KCH Solace House, supports children in their grief and helps prevent these negative outcomes. And 
that that's just wonderful information. And David, was it the KCH Solace House where um, I'm I'm reaching back in the memory banks? Maybe about a year or so ago, where there, unfortunately there was a shooting and there was a, a someone from school who lost their life. Uh, was it the KCH Solace House that sent out bereavement and and counseling uh, volunteers to that school that next day? Yeah, absolutely. You know, oftentimes when there's um, a situation in a school, um, schools will reach out to the Solace House and ask for us to help provide um, folks on site in order to um, provide support. You know, whether it's uh, that of a student or sometimes the death of a teacher, yeah. we've been called upon in order to come and provide, um, you know, support to the to the counselors there who then in, in turn support um, the children and sometimes um, our our folks meet with the kids directly. So yeah. See, and you have if you have that sudden death, like like unfortunately in that in that shooting where that that young man or, or young woman was killed, um, it, it just uh, kids can't process that very well. I mean, they have a hard time. So I, I heard that on the news. I didn't realize until that moment that that's something that you're actually known for doing. I, and thank you for doing that. That's that's a beautiful uh, that's just beautiful support for our community. Absolutely. All right, we're going to have more about all of these super important topics coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget to check out our podcasts of all of the recent episodes of the program at SeniorCareLive.com and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We're having an excellent conversation uh, here today with David Wiley and Sherry Ainsworth, uh, both with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. If you'd like to reach out to the great folks at KC Hospice, it's 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org. And Sherry, on the break... Uh, I would just love it if you could kind of share, you know, what we were talking about. You said you're a trained facilitator, and and you talked about having in a room, you know, f- five year old, six, seven year old children. It, to, to re, could you would you reshare that story, please? I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to. What happens is, you know, you've got a, a small group of children, and we we do our groups age specific, so we'll, you know, so they can all identify with each other. You might have a group of five to seven-year-olds, and when they introduce themselves and they go around the room and they find out that almost all of them have lost a father due to either illness or a suicide, um, homicide sometimes, sadly enough, um, and they realize then that they're not alone. You know, it's hard enough to lose someone that you love, but then to not want to, even for a child to be that young and to be that intuitive, to realize that they don't want to hurt their loved one anymore by by wanting to talk about it, or they might close up inside and not want to bother them. For them to realize and have this platform for them to share these things, it's just amazing to watch how the kids can open up and share their stories and realize that they're not alone. They have someone else that identifies 
exactly with what they're going through. And you even described it as the if someone else says, you know, and I lost my dad, and you yes. even described it as they kind of light up because, yes. wait, you mean I'm not alone in this thing. I have Absolutely. someone else who's kind of going through this with me. And you've mm-hmm. got that small group, and then that's a tremendous amount of support right there. Absolutely. You think, because a lot of kids, you know, everybody thinks you should get over death in a certain period of time. Lots of kids, not only do they lose a loved one, they might have to move to a different home. Mm. They might have to move to a different school. Uh, they've probably lost a lot of their friends because they feel like they should be over it by now. Yeah. You know, so. And other, how yeah. many other five, six, seven-year-old kids are going to be able to be supportive of, of that of that other of that other child they don't really they're not really capable of that no. so they're probably gonna they probably are gonna move on i hadn't really thought about that right right it's happens to adults we see oh yeah we see that no it doubt. happens enough to adults yeah. and for them to you know to to think about the fact that their child is having to go, to mm. go th- through that too it's heartbreaking all right so what are some of the ways that kansas city hospice supports kids who are grieving Well, um, Solace House is our center for grief and healing, and we're designed to nurture and guide the children through the difficult time following the death of a loved one. This specialized support is provided to children as well as the adult family members. We have uh, specific groups that um, are sort of event-specific, so it might be uh, child loss, suicide loss, spouse loss, This is important as we know that the best indicator of how well a child copes with grief is how well their parents cope. So our hope is that the parents don't just come and sit and wait for the kids to go through their session. They will also be involved in a group. Uh, Grief support helps kids emerge from a tragedy with a better understanding of loss and the coping skills to live with better mental health and emotional health throughout their lifetime. We do this at Solace House with several different programs that provide varying degrees of support depending upon the child and family's needs. We facilitated peer support groups where kids participate in age-appropriate curriculum with their peers. Uh, Individual and family counseling, including specialized counseling from licensed clinical social workers trained to assist with complicated grief and the combination of trauma and loss. We also have grief support camps for children and for families with children. And those are just great times to watch those kids be, you know, you, kids, kids' emotions run high and low. And to, to let them know that it's okay to laugh when you're hurting. And then it's okay to turn right around and cry again. You know, that's, it gives them permission to go on this grief journey. It's and a safe space. It's a safe space. And to also know that nobody's journey is the same. You know, what they're going to go through is their individual journey. So so tell us about these support, these grief support camps. Okay. Uh, Kansas City Solace House offers Camp Aaron, which was created and is supported in part by Iluna. And it's a one-day camp for youth ages 6 to 17. Uh, Kansas City uh, Hospice Camp Carousel is a weekend overnight camp for families to attend together with their children. Both camps combine grief education and emotional support with fun traditional camp activities. We have uh, bereavement professionals and caring volunteers to provide the campers with a safe environment where they can explore their grief, learn essential coping skills, and make friends with peers who are also grieving. 
We're very excited for the return uh, to in-person camp in 2022 after being unable to hold it in 2020 and doing a modified one-day program in 2021. Camp provides fun recreational activities and structured creative opportunities to foster sharing and healing among the family members who have lost a loved one. All right. And, uh, you know, it sounds like finding ways to remember and honor loved ones is just a a big part of coping with loss. And David, is there anything else that you'd like to highlight? You know, Steve, I think it's important for the listeners to know that grief support services that we offer at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care are at no cost to participants. And that's uh, in really in big thanks to our generous donors and to services um, that are really open to the entire greater Kansas City community. So if space is available, anyone can um, sign up who've experienced the death of someone important to them. They can register for a group like the ones that we've described. They can request a camp application or an orientation at Solace House for support um, for one of our groups or our specialized counseling. So we believe that our grief support services are valuable for grievers and we want to provide support for those in our community that really could benefit. Okay, and what's the best way to contact you if someone is interested in any of these groups or uh, the Kansas City Hospice Services? You know, I think our website is a great resource for grievers and those who face end-of-life issues. It has information about all of our Solace House programs discussed today, along with the useful articles and information about how grief and how supporters can grieve. Um, Our main phone number is always available as well. Um, for people that might not want to uh, go to the website. But the website is kchospice.org, and our phone number is 816-363-2600. All right, perfect. And clearly the work of Kansas City Hospice does not stop, and there are so many ways people can continue to help their fellow community members. And uh, David, I have one more question for you related to how we as a community can support each other, particularly as we grieve the loss of loved ones and remember them together. And for decades now, Kansas City Hospice has held this beautiful community ceremony. It's called Circle of Lights, and it offers individuals and families a powerful way to remember their loved ones. And so, you know, rain, shine, and yes, even in a (laughs) pandemic, (laughs) this event has occurred every single year. The week before Memorial Day. And for the last two years, you you made the event a virtual one and presented what I thought was just a, a beautiful program of remembrance online. And uh, what, what are you planning uh, this year for, for the event? You know, Steve, it's a great question. I appreciate the compliment. Um, adjusting during the pandemic was yeah. uh, just <laughs> what you had to do. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, the event is so meaningful. I think not only uh, the families that we serve at Kansas City Hospice, but also people throughout the community who've experienced the death of someone that they cared for or loved. So I'm happy to say that, yes, uh, we're going to host Circle of Lies once again this year, the evening of Tuesday, May 24th. The ceremony starts at 8 p.m. I'm also very excited to announce that our uh event will be in person. So Circle of Lights will take place at the fountain in Mill Creek Park on the Country Club Plaza. We're also developing a program that will be meaningful and powerful for families. Anyone attending the event will be provided with a personalized luminary that's lit for their loved one and placed on the sidewalk around the fountain. We're also continuing 
the tradition that we started in 2020 of lighting virtual candles in honor of loved ones. And this allows us to open up the memorial to not only our local community, but also others throughout the country who wish to remember the life and spirit of someone that they love. So if you have somebody that you'd like to uh, recognize, uh, please go to kchospice.org forward slash we remember. You can make a secure donation in tribute of the loved one if you choose, though it's not required. Donations go a long way to care for, care for and support families coping with end-of-life loss and grief uh, throughout the Kansas City community. And see, in, in, I, I appreciate that the donation is not required, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have to be a, a connected to Kansas City Hospice you know, specifically. This is a community event. But if you should be inspired to make a donation, Kansas City Hospice every year, thanks to generous donations throughout the year, uh, provides over $600,000 of unreimbursed services and support. And part of that is what we talked about earlier, the Solace House, some of these camps. There's no reimbursement for that. This is all because of donations. 100%, Steve. Thank you so much. Yep. So if you'd like to reach out again to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org forward slash we remember. And David and Sherry, thanks so much for being here today. It was just fantastic. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We appreciate you too. Thanks, Steve. All right. We'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And thanks again to Mr. David Wiley and Sherry Ainsworth, both with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And and look, we, we've talked about this several times, about the opportunity to donate to a wonderful local organization. And then what happens? What do they do with these donations? And we, we've talked about this many times. A great place for your donation, or at least one of the places, if you, you may donate to several, you know, several organizations and several different different efforts, but this is one of the great ones here at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. Each and every year, they provide uh, about $600,000 or so. That's a that's a lot of money. <laughs> right, so about $600,000 of unreimbursed care and services and support. So there's a major fundraiser in the fall, but they have all of these other fundraising opportunities. And so the Circle of Lights event this year, it's a beautiful, beautiful, powerful ceremony recognizing and just re, it's a it's a ceremony of remembrance and 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 you can donate it could be ten dollars fifty dollars a hundred dollars i mean it could be a thousand whatever whatever you want to do right you can donate in the name of a loved one and uh, and then have a luminary in their name and that can either be virtual or in person down on the plaza uh, so if you'd like more information about that uh, uh Again, 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org slash 
we remember. And, and we talked about the Solace House and all sorts of other things that are provided. There's, there's no reimbursement for those sort of things. And by the way, it's not required by the government. Those, these things are not required uh, to provide hospice care and services and support as a means of participation. This is just part of what Kansas City Hospice does and who they are as, as an incredible, supportive, loving, and giving organization. I just can't overstate that enough. So feel free to check that out. I'm definitely going to donate in the name of my dad and my grandparents. I'm going to have some luminaries going, and it's it really is a beautiful event. So uh, uh, I hope you check that out. All right, so last week I ran out of time to cover kind of the all of the above uh, level of care or, or type of, of a senior care community. I think I just barely touched on it, uh, but I, I talked about independent living. I talked about long-term care. I talked about that messy middle with assisted living, residential care, and home plus. That that one's tough. Uh, so that middle part, uh, generally speaking, assisted living with those other two types of uh, levels of care uh, as well, that's that messy middle. That's the second most difficult level of care to navigate the first one because there's just so many moving parts is a continuing care retirement community and so what that is is that is all of the above it has independent living assisted living and long-term care and it's all it could be under one roof in a large sprawling type of a building or it could be in a campus type of a setting where maybe you have long-term care over here in this in, in this building. You have assisted living uh, maybe across the lawn or maybe down the street, maybe a block away uh, is the assisted living part of the campus. Over here, you have some independent living apartments. You have some villas. So it could be spread out uh, in, a, in a campus style of a community, or it could be more compact. And a smaller footprint all under one roof. But it's an all of the above type of an offering. The concept there is that you sell your home, you downsize, and you move into independent living, and then you age in place. And so if you need some help down the road, you can transition to assisted living. If you need more help than that, you can transition to long-term care. A lot of these have entrance fees uh, some are just rental only. The entrance fees are six figures. So they're somewhere around uh, $200,000 to maybe upwards of six hundred to $700,000. Most of that, most of those contracts are a 90% refund. So 90% refund if you should choose to move or if you should live there, age in place, and then you pass away, 90% would be refunded or returned to your estate. Right. And so so but but then there are some other types of contracts that are more of a life care contract. And, and I don't have uh, enough time to break this all down properly today. But, but essentially with those type of, of agreements, what it is, is at some point in the future, three, four, five years, there is no refund. So there's an amortization schedule, and at, let's say at the end of four, four and a half years, there is no refund. Well, what do I get? I just I just wrote a check for 300000 Well, what you're doing is you're prepaying for future discounted 
healthcare. So in, in, instead of uh, you know, paying seven thousand for assisted living down the road, maybe you're paying four thousand dollars. Instead of paying ten thousand dollars for long term care, maybe you're paying four or five thousand dollars. So there are some tremendous discounts down the road, and so it gets very very complicated if your head is about to spin off your shoulders you're like oh my gosh we're thinking about that we had no idea if you want help with that reach out to me at senior care consulting we are really good at helping more and more and more individuals and couples understand that care option and to to make to make sense of all of that and frankly to help them through that search and selection process in an effort to choose the right place if you choose the wrong one you could be making a six-figure mistake i'll just say that you can reach out to senior care consulting at 913-945-2800 or visit online at seniorcareconsulting.com And again, yesterday was National Nurses Day. We're in the middle of Nurses Week and Nurses Month, but my wife, Susan, is a phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal, registered nurse. And I'm not saying that just because she's my wife. I'm saying that because it is true. She, I mean, I've I've kind of got on her several times about, hey, you're coming home so late. Why do you stay so long? And she said, well... These are my patients and my families. I'm really close to them. I've known them for years because she's she's been a nurse with the same uh, family practice physician and group for for a very long time, many many years. And she said, I, "I've I've held these kids as babies, and now these kids are in junior high and high school, uh, and and I I just I know all these people. And if if I had some blood results or some test results." that was really weighing heavily on my mind, I would want to know about them as soon as possible. And so I would appreciate if someone would call me the minute those results are in. I would appreciate if someone would call my 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 pharmacy and place that, uh, place that medication order so that I can go and pick that up as soon as possible. So she goes the extra mile. She stays until 6.30, 7, 7.30 every single night that she works when, frankly... A lot of the nurses leave at five o'clock or five fifteen or five thirty. Not my wife. She that's not how she works. And guess what? All of her patients, her fellow nurses and the fellow physicians, they all love my wife. So, Susan, my love, happy National Nurses Day week and month. You deserve it. All right, and they just also want to say. Let's not forget about the moms. Tomorrow is Mother's Day. I hope you spoil your wife, your sister, your mom, your grandma. Just spoil them. Just let them know how much they mean to you and let them know you know, how much uh, you love them and, and that you don't take them for granted. <laughs> okay, just recognize them. And if you've lost your mother, I, I, I feel for you. Just just think about your mom and think about all the good thoughts and uh, and and we'll definitely pray for you uh, if you are part of part of our community grieving the loss of your mother. That is very, very difficult, and we're thinking of you as well. So again, happy Mother's Day, happy Nurses Day week and month. All right, I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. Senior Care Live.